0: Oh, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with my friend from the Leftover Army, Janine Daling. What is up, Janine? Hello,
1: everyone.
0: I am very excited to have you on. This episode has been a very long time coming. Like, when when I think of the Leftover Army, you're one of the first people that come to mind. And so oh, it, it, it blows my mind that this podcast has been on this long, and I've been so remiss in not having you on, and I'm glad to remedy that presently
1: no i'm like a silent stealthy member of the army you know i i like to bring people in i don't make a lot of noise but when we're all together i'm gonna get drunk and have fun and it's gonna get weird (laughs) (laughs) and i have got to get drunk with you a
0: couple times at c2e2 and that's always been a blast (laughs) i think the last time i saw you, you were dressed like princess leia and that's just fucking rad
1: i was yes that was the last c2e2 in twenty nineteen. Um because foolishly in twenty twenty we had decided that we were gonna take a year off from cons uh. to take a break. <laughs> and so the very last we V2 in 2020, I missed.
0: <laughs> sweet irony, right? Uh,
1: very sweet irony. <laughs>
0: Okay, so yeah, as I was saying, when I think of the Leftover Army, you're one of the first people that come to mind. Um, So a long time ago, the Leftover Army made a video like kind of promoting the the Leftover Army page on Facebook when it was first created. And you guys made this excellent video outlining the only rules of the page, mostly being like no politics and don't be a dick. And it was such a fun video (laughs) that like I immediately joined the Army page. And I think that was back when there was only like 30 to 40 people on it.
1: Yeah, it was, we were a very small group. I remember even just getting the invite to begin with from, I want to say Dan West was like the person to put the page together in the first place. And I was like, oh, this will be fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It has been fun. It's been like, what a very, I mean, in a way, like in a very real way, a life changing experience to meet, you know, such an amazingly very cool and supportive group of people. That it is like I, I feel like like I have like a definite like that's like a touchstone moment in my life where it, you know, kind of changed current in a way because, oh, yes. you know, I, I had like written I become death and it was just sitting on my hard drive. And then being around such cool, supportive people, it was like I started doing this podcast and then I kind of got the confidence to, OK, well, I'll I'll publish I become death. And and now that's all the way up to where it's an audio book and stuff also. And, and I feel like a big part of that is the leftover army and and you know people like you who have always been so supportive and so it's it's just such a cool community and i feel so thankful to have been a part of it and get to meet people like you
1: oh well actually like i kind of hold you up as like this um example because i met this guy on match and um Uh oh he's a he's a self he's a self-published um author as well very cool he writes um like fantasy sci-fi novels Oh, nice. So yeah, so I mentioned, I was like, oh, my friend Joe Stark, he self-published his own book and now it's actually all the way up to an audio book. So I was like, you know, I was like, nothing's impossible. Like, just, you know, keep cranking them out and do it. Yeah. Well, and really
0: in the self-publishing world, it's all down to like, can you follow like formatting
1: guidelines? You're in. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You know, good sentence structure, good editing Good punctuation. <laughs> I don't even know if they look for that
0: stuff. They just need your file to format the
1: right way. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he does. Like he's very, he's very, um, he's very driven to make it as like professional and polished as possible.
0: Oh, I can relate to that. The amount of times I've like agonized for like a, I don't know, an embarrassingly long amount of time over a single sentence or a paragraph and how it's structured, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it gets really dorky. <laughs> <laughs> oh so before we started recording you said something about swords and it immediately amazed me because this is something that i did not know about you so you collect swords
1: i do collect swords um i have a fairly decent collection now um my very first sword i got at new york comic-con i can't even tell you how many years ago um and it's like a a broad sword that has this lovely, like, oxblood leather um, sheath that it sits in. And um, I was called it a holster, and I'm like, that's not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be a scabbard? Scabbard, thank you. <laughs> um, and then, like, the following year, I got a set of katanas. There are three that are different sizes. Oh,
0: nice. Like, like, with, um, uh, like a rack that they sit on? Yeah. Okay, I've seen those, yeah.
1: And then the following year, I had gone with my younger sister, and we both got Arwen blades from uh, Lord of the Rings. And then I have, I was gifted this giant claymore um, type blade that is absolutely gigantic. Like, I need two hands to hold it. Badass. Um, (laughs) I was, and for... um, secret santa this year i got sting from lord of the rings whoa yes and um my dad had like this batleth type kind of like double bladed uh thing and i took that when they moved to florida because he didn't want to bother with shipping it so i was like i'll dig it (laughs) (laughs) is that like the the klingon blade Yes, it, it's it's I call it that, but it's not really like a batleth, but it's got a long curved like wooden handle and then there's like axe type blades on each side. And then there's almost like a like a fur and leather wrappings sort of like where you put your hands. So it's like barbarian ish, a little nice. Klingon inspired. That one's fun. That one's gigantic too. So um Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I feel like maybe there might be one more. I have, like, a smaller, like, boot dagger that has a really pretty um, spiraled handle, and that one I've had for a long time, too. But, yeah, I'm always looking to add and uh, (laughs) 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 looking for my next sword purchase.
0: (laughs) Are any of them, like, battle-ready? Are they, like, more like the display type?
1: They're all display type. Um, The katanas are blunted um, because by law at cons you can't sell – weapons like that sharpened ah okay um but you can get them sharpened (laughs) (laughs) just saying
0: (laughs) oh man i've fallen down rabbit holes on ebay looking at like battle ready katanas because in my mind i'm like like don't buy a sword if you can't like if the handle's just gonna break when you try and stick this thing through somebody's skull you know this is not gonna do you any good
1: Right. No, in the zombie apocalypse, like you're going to want a sword that is not there's two types of swords. Yes. You have the display swords, which look very pretty, but like the handles are usually going to be like either plastic or resin or just not well made. They're really just look they're really just made to look pretty. But then you have to have the battle ready ones, which are well made. Um, like they're using like good steel to make the blades and those are going to be sharpened and those are actually able to take impact. Um, but the display ones really can't take impact. They'll just shatter. <laughs> it's so cool. Join us again next week on weird things Janine says. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have, a, I have, okay. So a long time ago I bought, when I bought my Glock 17, It came with a free Glock field knife, which I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so, uh, yeah, I've got this like big honking like freaking Rambo type knife that is like full tang. And so it's like that is this is like a legit combat knife. Like if somebody broke into my house, I could legit stick that thing in somebody's ear and it's going (laughs) to pop out the other side like a Wolverine claw. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) I know. It's pretty fucking metal. (laughs) Yeah, so I've got that. And then but my 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 go to would be I've got a uh I think it's called a boku, which is basically it's just like a wooden katana. And it's like Ooh. made out of hickory. So it's like a training sword. And it's about forty mm-hmm. inches long. And you know, I mean like you could probably kill somebody with it with a few hits, but if if oh, nothing problem. else, yeah. it's it's I don't know. You break into somebody's house at three in the morning, you're not expecting to see a fat bearded guy in his underwear holding a big black fucking, what looks like a katana. And he's serious. You know, he's got his war face on. He's not. (laughs) There's no giggling going on. It is the face of fucking anger. (laughs) This is the face of a man defending his family.
1: Would there really be anything more terrifying than that, though? I don't think so. you someone breaks into a house and there you are. (laughs) (laughs)
0: got the dad boxers on so like like the dicks poking out of the poking out of the flap (laughs) like they don't know where to look
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like I've been waiting for this day motherfucker let's go
0: (laughs) (laughs) or better yet no underwear just a shirt and your Donald Duck in it with the sword (laughs) then they're really confused (laughs) 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 That's amazing. <laughs> I share all these details of my life. I got to try and deter oh. people from finding me and breaking in, right? Right. <laughs> he said he'd be Donald Duck in it. That's fucking disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think we are right around the same age, right? Like I graduated high school around error in around I graduated high school around I graduated in ninety nine.
1: Yeah, I graduated in 99 as well.
0: Okay, I was thinking that, that we had discovered this before, but the last time I talked to you in depth, I was drunk at a bar. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably same. So yeah, yeah. I remember.
0: <laughs> so like, what kind of music did you listen to in high school?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, this was more of an East Coast radio station, but anyone who remembers um, K-Rock 92.3, which was everything angry, everything grunge, everything <laughs> new metal, um, and I still listen to all that shit. Like if it's it. emo, if it's classic, just like early '90s or late '90s, early 2000s rock, punk rock, I'm a hundred percent there. Or ABBA, <laughs> like there nice. is. Nice. <laughs> and when I'm cleaning, Eminem and Cardi B.
0: Ah, that's some good energy for cleaning.
1: I will twerk while I am vacuuming. (laughs) I don't twerk well, but I'll do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) I dance as tribute to my cats. They never look at me like they're impressed, but it's like, this is my little (laughs) offering to you, tiny feline god. (laughs)
1: I used to dance to Clark, too, like if he would be upstairs when I was cleaning, and I would dance in front of Clark, and he would, the ears would just be out, and he would cock his head like, (laughs) there's something really wrong with you. But you give me food, so I'll take it.
0: (laughs) What is this strange human doing? (laughs) See, Jack just looks at me like he's thoroughly unimpressed the entire time. (laughs) He's, I don't know, he's such a quintessential cat like that, though. Like, the other day, hes he was, like, parked on the back of our, like, oversized armchair that I tend to sit in a lot. And so, he's been sleeping up on the back of that quite a bit. And so, I start petting him, and he's purring, and he's happy, and he's rubbing all up against me. And then, out of nowhere, he just sinks his teeth right into the, like, meat oh my of God. my palm. <laughs> and then just gives me a look like, you had that coming. And I'm like, you were purring. <laughs>
1: That's like my landlord's cats. Whenever he's out of town, I go and I feed his cats and one of them will hop up on the table and want me to scratch his butt and all of it. But then the second he has had enough, he just turns around and like swipes at me. (laughs) But then the next second he's back to like, please pet me. And I'm like, (laughs) what do you want me to do?
0: (laughs) You just described our cat, Jack. (laughs) That's totally what he does.
1: Then the other cat just hides until I leave.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's his other mode. If like would like if we've been gone all day and like then we get home and we all come in rather suddenly, if he's in the kitchen and sees us walking in that back door, he's like doing little burnouts on the wood floor and going and squeezing <laughs> his big, like, long haired ass under pieces of furniture. I'm like, dude, you are such a coward. It's us. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, going back to the music thing. I was I was in that same vein in high school. Not not so much on the abba train, but but listened to lots of like the the angry heavy stuff and punk stuff like that. Um Oh, excuse me. Uh did you listen to much like metal and stuff like that? Were you listening to like Pantera and like heavier stuff like that or or uh not quite that heavy?
1: Not quite that heavy. Like I did more like um <laughs> and Rebecca can attest to this, but back in the uh back in the day when you had like those time life type commercials with the music compilations, the one that came out that had the um power ballads. Oh yes. <laughs> I was obsessed. I got <laughs> it. Like I got the power ballad collection. <laughs> and like that is that will forever be my jam is hair metal power power ballads. <laughs>
0: I've been loving the hell out of the, the Peacemakers uh, uh, playlist on Spotify.
1: Oh, I haven't even watched Peacemaker yet. but Really? Like, I've, yeah, I've seen in the Army everyone talk about how good the show is, how good the soundtrack is. And, like, it's on my list of things to watch. I I was just, uh, well, like I've described it to other people, I was living like a depression goblin for a while and uh, <laughs> just kind of re-watching comfort shows. Oh, uh, i there. I've begun to venture out. I actually watched from start to finish, including the movies, um, Sex and the City. Hey. I had never watched the show, but it was light and fluffy and new. And I am, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I now feel ready for something else that is new. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good gateway show.
0: Peacemaker would be right up your alley then. It's only like eight episodes and it's fantastically well written. Good story arcs. The performances in it are great. The music in it is killer it's it's it, it scores very high marks in like every category it needs like the heroics are top notch the humor's great and it packs a ton of heart it's it's a really really good show
1: yeah everyone's just been saying really good things about it so even my even my younger sister she watched it and she's like you gotta watch this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i can't wait to see what they're gonna do with the second season i'm really excited to yeah i, I kind of trust in james gunn at this point
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, anything that he touches, like, I'm just going to, like, enjoy it. Like, I didn't like the first Suicide Squad movie, because to me, it didn't really make a lot of sense, and, Mm -hmm. um, but then the second one, The Suicide Squad, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I loved that one.
1: It had a much better story, it was more cohesive, there was less of, like, there wasn't, if I recall, <laughs> there wasn't a, uh, you know, light beam shooting up into the sky moment as most superhero movies happen to have. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it was less sort of like save the world scale and just more of like, I don't know, like a normal scale of like what people without, you know, Captain America level powers or Superman level powers would tackle, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Th- I, I don't know, there was a lot I didn't like about that first Suicide Squad movie to the point where... Yeah, I think I've really only watched the entire thing beginning to end, maybe twice. Yeah. And...
1: I was actually on PCL shortly after that movie came out, and I remember talking to the guys of, like, you know, suddenly at the end of the movie, Diablo transforms into a god, and, like, he can speak the same language as, like, the god that has possessed um, What's-Her-Face's body. And then, like, I'm like... Where did this come from? Why like how come nothing is explained and you know Brian was like oh it's in the comics it's this and I'm like okay but none of that is translated into the movie at all. So if you have never read any of the comics that just comes completely out of left field. It made no sense to me.
0: Yeah. And those are all plot de- details that you mentioned where I was like I don't even remember that happened. <laughs> <laughs> You could have said anything there, and I'd have been like, "Oh, right. they did that, huh?" <laughs> so that's how well I even remember that first one. But you know, it's like if if I watch, like, I generally like. I have such a, a a low bar for like the things that I like. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the first time I saw Rise of Skywalker, I really, really liked it, and it wasn't until I heard enough. Like very valid points on things about it that were like, like holes and stuff like that, that once those things were pointed out to me, I was like, oh, now it's not enjoyable anymore because I didn't see that stuff the first time I glossed right over it because I was just, you know, watching it like it's new Star Wars. ah." (laughs) and then afterwards it's like oh fuck that's all very valid points and now it's like that's all i can see and so i feel like i have a low bar for things and so with the suicide squad with my or not the suicide squad but with suicide squad that first time watching it it, if i walked away going like then it must be really bad (laughs) because i have such a low bar for it for like i seem to like everything yeah no that movie was that movie
1: the first one was hot garbage it was Really awful. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you make valid points about like Rise of Skywalker because, like, if you have a love for a particular um, IP, then whatever they produce in that world, you're going to really give it the benefit of the doubt and you are going to really enjoy it. And I am a huge Star Wars fan, but even the first time I saw Rise of Skywalker, like the plot holes, the fact that they turned certain characters into comic relief. Oh gosh, who was um, the guy who was like kind of right alongside Kylo Ren with the with the red hair? His character.
0: Oh, General Hux.
1: Yeah, like in the first movie, like you got the sense that he was like this power hungry general who wanted to rise through the ranks of the New Order, and by the third movie, he turns into like this comic relief of like, no, go ahead and shoot me, so they don't they don't think that like I actually helped you guys, and I'm like. <laughs> It, from the first time I saw that movie, I was like, oh, this is, this is like one of the worst Star Wars movies I've ever seen. Because like the second, this, this third trilogy that just came out, I describe it as like, you know, a new, not <laughs> I almost said, I called it a new hope. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens is basically a retelling of a new hope, but yeah. it is fan service that was lovingly spoon fed to all of us. And then you have the second movie, um... What's that one called again? The
0: Last Jedi.
1: Thank you. The Last Jedi. And that one took some really bold moves and I was really excited to see where we went. But then JJ Abrams came back on for the third movie and this was another helping of fan service but this one was just flung at your faces. This was not <laughs> spoon-fed to us. This was just here, eat this fucking shit, you
0: know. <laughs> it was chimps at the j- chimps at the zoo throwing their
1: shit at you. It was. It was chimps at the zoo. Flinging their poop at you. <laughs> That's the third movie of Star Wars, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Ugh, yeah, I, I've I've yet to rewatch it. Like I've tried a couple Me times, either. and it it falls in that same realm as the as um Joss Whedon's Justice League movie. Whereas like I watched it in the theater, I didn't love it, but I did enjoy it. But I like I enjoyed the parts that I enjoyed, and I fucking loathed the, loathed to the parts that I didn't like. You mm-hmm. know. And then after it came out on digital and I bought it, I tried watching it and I didn't make it very far. And then I tried it again. I didn't make it very far. And this just kept happening. And finally I was like, you know what? This is just a really bad movie that had a handful it of is. scenes in it that you really treasured just because you'd never got to see Superman and Flash race in mm-hmm. live action. You didn't get to see Henry Cavill as this Superman that, that smiled, <laughs> you know? And so I was That's like true. happy. For those little things, but but overall, so much of that movie sucked. What did you think about the 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 re-release of it that was longer? Uh, oh, the Snyder cut. Yes, the Snyder cut.
1: The Snyder cut. I absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, same here. I thought it was really I, great.
1: It took out like the problematic parts that Joss Whedon put in of like that scene where the flash like lands on top of wonder woman yeah and it's an unnecessary like it's an unnecessary moment which once you really hear more about joss whedon's problematic um behavior and the things that he has said to a lot of the actresses that he has worked with on this movie and in past shows you're just like Plus also learning that like he has a foot fetish, which is why it's like there's a lot of like close ups on like the shoes and the feet of the people in his (laughs) movies and shows. It's true. In his show Firefly, there's the character of River Tam and majority of her scenes. She's barefoot. Now, in the show, she is supposed to be like a ballet type dancer who was, you know, trained to be a fighter by the, you know, evil government. But like she's barefoot all the time and there's always close-ups of her feet and now knowing that he has like a foot fetish like tarantino you're like oh that's why all that's in there okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not really one to kink shame but man that's one that i just fully do not understand
1: i'm not one to kink shame either but like you know at at that point like there's a there's a whole discourse on tiktok about people who share their kinks in public. And it's like, I'm not going to kink shame you, but you don't have my consent to participate in your kinks. This is true. Yeah. You know, like I don't, Oh like, God. Yeah. Cause for wanting to wear. Yeah. Like you want to wear a, a, a collar and a leash and a, and a leather harness, you know, go for it. But when you're on the street and you are now attempting to interact with me, I am not consenting to participate in your kink. I'm really not. So, you know, I'm not going to shame you, but I'm not going to participate
0: either. Well, I was just thinking about, like, in... I mean, there's got to be some weirdos that just walk around in the summertime with, like, their cameras just pointed at the ground. (laughs) Just, like, recording women's feet. That's like, what the fuck, man? That's so bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. uh, The the incredible variety of humans that there are, right? It's really, really weird. Oh,
1: yes. And I have met... I have met a wide array of them.
0: Yeah, I bet living (laughs) in Uh, New York.
1: (laughs) 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 That's got to be like
0: weirdo Uh, central, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just between like the subway system. um, And now that I've like been online dating for like the past like six months or so. Oh, I have come across a lot of like interesting characters. Some good people. Like I have met really good people that I'm still friends with. But. I've also met people that I have had to block <laughs> and people that have sent me um, basically manifestos that are laced with like anti-Semitism and misogyny. And I'm just like, oh, so you're you're crazy. Well, at least all this is laid out here very early on. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <Goodbye>. <laughs> that's
0: why yeah, online dating has got to be that's got to be really, really wild. Yeah.
1: It's like, and I don't, like, I'm learning about myself is that, like, I used to have this, like, not even a preference, but, like, this whole thing of, like, I want someone who's taller than me. And I, myself, am a tall person. I'm 5'11". And for a woman, that is abnormally tall. But I've met and dated men who are 5'8", 5'10". And they're lovely so it's like that's open kind of opened my eyes to like not be so focused on someone who maybe is taller than me Um, so that's been a good experience for me that's been learning to kind of you know broaden my horizons Um, however (laughs) I think because I am tall I attract the very very short kings who have a kink for tall women And like the five foot two men who then like my profile and slide into my DMs and ask if they can climb me. Yes. (laughs) um, (laughs) That's a hard no. I
0: want you to carry me around between your boobs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Fucking weirdos. (laughs) They're like, are you really that tall? And sometimes I oblige and I'm like, yes, I am really that tall. Oh, do you think you could carry me? I mean, probably, but no, I don't want to.
0: These are people who, like, they had, like, their their moment where, like, their sexuality awoken at the end of Dude Wears My Car with the big giant <laughs> kaiju lady.
1: No, no, no. According to Daniel Hopner, that is not a kaiju.
0: No, I chose my words accordingly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with
0: purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that's <amazing. laughs> uh, definitely a big tall kaiju lady right
1: be oh, <laughs> with me kaiju right <laughs>
0: <laughs> they should definitely cover that movie
1: oh 100% <laughs> <laughs> in fact I would sign up for that week that they uh. review that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> leftover <laughs> army monsters if you're hearing <laughs> 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 just just let the boy cover dude Where's your car oh my gosh that movie's a classic though it's been so long since i remember the first time i watched it i had like this friend of mine back in the day was like oh you've got to see this it's great i'm like it looks way stupid and he's like it is he's like but it's so funny (laughs) and he was not wrong like we laughed from beginning to end i loved that movie
1: it's a great movie and it has been like forever since i've watched it so i feel like (laughs) I have
0: to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There's certain ones that I like from like, you know, back in the nineties where I think like, Oh, I gotta show this to the boys and then I'll remember like a certain scene and I'll be like, Yeah, no, gonna like I've had that thought with Ace Ventura, a pet detective a few times, like, no Oh no, my I gosh, don't... yeah. That movie didn't age very well. I think I have to wait <laughs> until they're
1: older. <laughs> that can kind
0: of really explain oh, some things. Well, I mean,
1: you kind of I I I revisit that when I like revisit movies from the '80s that were like those teen coming of age movies, and like you rewatch The Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles, and you're just like, "Oh, this is this is rapey and problematic." <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> oh dear.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just described a lot of the writing in those coming-of-age yeah. movies from that time period—rapey <laughs> and problematic.
1: Rapey and problematic. <laughs> Yikes! But like, there's like, for as problematic as those movies are, and you know, you can you can say it was a different time or whatever, but like. The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles are like timeless movies, and I will sit down and rewatch them.
0: Oh, yeah. Breakfast Club's another one that I haven't seen probably since I was in high school.
1: Oh, gosh. My, my youngest sister, like, absolutely loves that movie. And, like, almost every time it's on, like, she watches it, or she'll purposely just put it on to watch it and have it in the background. Um, that was actually one of the movies that um, that Steve would just kind of throw on in the background as like a go-to. I would come home and sometimes he's like asleep on the couch and, you know, Breakfast Club is playing again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was like a go-to comfort movie.
0: Yeah, that, that's always been a new hope for me. Like, that's one of those ones mm-hmm. that I would always like immediately like, you know, if I wanted a comfort movie to throw on, that was it.
1: Yeah, for me, it's either the first Lord of the Rings movie. Or that's a good one. And I think everyone in the army knows that this is my favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) Crow.
0: I forgot about that. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen that movie
1: either. Well, next C2E2, I will bring a copy with me and I will sit you down and watch it. (laughs) Because that movie is amazing. It's awful, but it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) When did it come out? Oh gosh, I want to say I'm actually going to look it up because it's early '80s.
0: Oh, nice! How do you spell it?
1: K R U L L. Ah, that's why I pictured it. Yeah, 1983. Oh, nice! It's a very young Liam Neeson in one of his very first roles is in that movie. No shit! What's like? Yes. What's it about? Um, it's basically like every ripoff of every fantasy type movie you've ever seen so there is an enchanted princess there is an evil creature king warlord who comes to their planet he wants to marry the princess to unite their powers and he can take over the universe and then you have her newly her newly uh they were newly wedded her husband rounds up a band of scrappy survivors and goes to attack the castle and rescue the princess i'm in (laughs) i mean that sounds awesome it's it's fantastic and there's really long drawn out like mountain climbing scenes with um the orchestration is beautiful the orchestration music is beautiful but you can tell that they were kind of like oh this movie isn't going to be long enough let's film this guy climbing for the next 10 minutes (laughs) 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 or let's film these horses running over the landscape for five minutes (laughs) <laughs>
0: Interesting because choices. Because we need to stretch
1: the time, the runtime of this film.
0: <laughs> hey, so with the Lord of the Rings being one of your comfort movies, what did you think of the trailer for the Rings of Power?
1: Oh, I um, not to get gross, but I mean, this is us. I came; it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was real I really liked it too. Like I I saw online like a lot of people were complaining about, you know, the internet with their various complaints, but I did not agree with a lot of their complaints. Like I was pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, I mean the very first teaser trailer as well, like where you just see sort of like the letters lighting up with like the molten um metal. Wow, that was incredible. All, that was
0: real too. That oh, wasn't CGI. And that was
1: real. It was all practical effects, which was just made me so much happier. But yeah, and then seeing like the world that they're building, it feels very much like the movies, but it's going to be a little bit cleaner because it's pre, like, you know, um, it's pre Lord of the Rings timeline. Pardon, but still in Middle Earth. And seeing just, you know, I'm excited to see people of color <laughs> in this world. Um, you're going to have like the dwarven women. um just, I mean, the young Galadriel looks amazing. She is so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Do you see the people I'm, complaining I'm online that the, dwar- the dwarf women didn't have beards? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's like, oh, you poor thing. That's what you're going to raise a fuss over? That they have dark skin yeah. and the ladies don't have beards? Get the fuck out of here.
1: Oh, yeah. I saw all the people complaining about, like, oh, suddenly Lord of the Rings is woke. Excuse me. If you list, if you know why Tolkien wrote the history of Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth as a history for basically England that was erased because they were invaded, um, you understand that this was basically woke from the beginning. It's a it's a it's a way to give um, England a mythological history because their mythology had been wiped out by invaders. It's always been kind of woke. It's always been, you know, pseudo history. Like, can you just enjoy it for what it is?
0: Well, look at what the Fellowship of the Ring is. It's, you know, it's it's humans, it's dwarves, it's elves, it's hobbits. All these different yeah. people coming together because as one, they're not going to be able to do this thing, but together they're able to go quite the distance. That's exactly. the, like, this, like, togetherness and inclusiveness and and bringing in different types of people to work together towards a common goal like that's what it's all about and like some people yes. just absolutely do not understand that stuff if it doesn't fit in what their narrow little view of the world would be you know <clears throat> white um you know, they, <laughs> they get all upset about it and it's like oh come on i mean you saw the same backlash when
1: um when The Force Awakens came out and you have the character of Finn so we have a black stormtrooper the main character, of the, the Luke allegory, is is a woman everyone was up in arms everyone was absolutely beside themselves that there was going to be a black main character and a woman main character and I think it only added to just it, I enjoyed the fact that so many people were upset about it. It's like really just die mad about it. Like, <laughs> like I don't care.
0: Oh yeah. For me, it's like, oh, if that's the thing that's going to piss you off, then you should never leave your house because there are exactly. all sorts of different types of people in this world. Like, it's not just this one little fucking corner of Caucasia <laughs> that you think you fucking mm-hmm. live in. <laughs> you know,
1: it's like the mountains all- of Caucasus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> where we do our white people dance and it's just like the cabbage patch like done badly <laughs> <laughs> and they're all clapping on the offbeat <laughs> I mean, look,
1: I am the whitest of white I am half Polish, half Irish I glow in the dark <laughs>
0: like I <laughs> I, don't, I don't barely tan at all so I'm right there with you
1: I don't tan, I burn you say <laughs> I go from very pale white to red in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> 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 but, like, I am I'm a big fan when, like, uh, something that I love is can be embraced by everyone and everyone can see representation of themselves on screen. Like when Black Panther came out and it's like, I love that movie. At the end of the day, though, like, I'm not going to see myself reflected in that movie, but I still loved it. Same. But the little kids who wanted a superhero who looked like them, and for the first time they had it. Like, incredible.
0: Yeah. And that aspect of it made me like the movie even more. That now there's this thing that previously didn't exist. You know, for for a wide swath of the population, that now these little kids can see themselves in this movie. Same goes with Shang Chi, and then not yes. only that, but the movies are done very, very well because those are both like very good origin movies in the MCU. Like I think Shang Chi and Black Panther are like you know top tier. They're they're very very good stories through and through. They and, and they both have that excellent MCU quality of having a very sympathetic villain that. You know, you're kind of like being like, damn dude, I really don't agree with your methods and and why you're doing this, but I understand why you're doing this. Like I, I feel yeah, why I you're mean, doing this. And
1: Killmonger was like so sympathetic. And then and you understand where he's coming from because here it is that he grew up in America with the systemic racism of this country. And you see why he wants to do what he wants to do. You can see his motives and you're like, I get it. I do. And then you have in Shang-Chi, his father, and you see his motives as well. Like, you know, and I love that, like, you know, you have shows like WandaVision and you have Shang-Chi, which deals with grief and just that overwhelming grief of losing somebody and just how each person kind of channeled it into something different. And you have Shang-Chi's father, who's like becomes obsessed with the idea that he can bring his wife back. And you, then you have Wanda who lives in this completely made up world, but like still like kind of hurting people unintentionally with their, with their grief. And like, it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful.
0: Oh, it was very poignant storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, WandaVision really blew me away. I'm I'm due for a like a, a Phase Four like complete rewatch. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that show really it really touched me. Like especially when when Vision is like you know what is grief but love
0: persisting. Lo-
1: oh gosh, yes, love persisting.
0: That's a beautiful. And I was like,
1: and I was like, oh, this just breaks my heart, but. It was beautiful, and really, like, what is grief but that? I
0: loved it. Yeah. Oh, man, the writing in a lot of Phase 4 has been very, very good. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really liked um, uh, Loki as well. Like, really blew me away.
1: I didn't watch Loki. Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, whenever you're around to, to, like, that's another one that I would highly recommend. Mm -hmm. And... I think shorter episodes too, so you could probably do that one faster than Peacemaker.
1: Okay, yeah, no, there's like so much, so much I have to watch. Um, I feel like the only new thing that I watched besides Sex and the City was um, All of Us Are Dead on Netflix.
0: Oh, what did you think of that? That's the
1: zombie high school one, right? Fantastic! Oh my gosh, yes. So All of Us Are Dead is based on a webcomic, a webtoon called only at our school or something like that. Um, Pardon. And each episode is like an hour. And I think that there's like 12 episodes. So you're, you're really investing in time, but it's basically K drama with zombies. And it is such a well-told story from start to finish. Like I laughed, I cried You know, you feel with these characters and like, I I would rewatch that again in a heartbeat. It was so well done. Good special effects. Good body horror, like good. um, Like I love, I love the Korean zombie movies because the body horror is just, it's on a whole different level than American zombies. And you get like that train to Busan feel with those types of zombies. So good.
0: I still haven't watched Train to Busan.
1: <gasps> I know.
0: It, it, this is going to sound really funny coming from me, considering I wrote a zombie book, but zombie movies freak me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still scarred from watching that. what was it 27 days later or whatever that was. Oh
1: gosh. 20. Yeah. 28
0: days later. 28 was... days.
1: I was a day short. 27 days is another movie. I think that's the one where, um, Sandra Bullock goes into, like,
0: yes rehab. Yeah, that's that's not what I'm... That movie did not scare me. <laughs>
1: that movie did not scare you, okay? But no, that... That movie scarred me as that, a barely functioning alcoholic. <laughs> I, that movie <laughs> terrifies me. <laughs> no,
0: that, that zombie movie scared the shit out of me, though. It was... I think that was the first one where I saw Fast Zombies. And I was like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> There's so much worse when they can run. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great movie, though. I love the atmosphere to that movie. Oh. 28 Weeks Later is a little too, like, more. it's more Americanized. And it just doesn't have the same, like, dark vibe as 28 Days Later.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Because the first one freaked me the fuck out. And I was like, nope. Yeah. The second I- one is okay. So lived, good, but I went for a really, really long time with like a complete embargo against like horror movies and shit like that. I was like, nope, I'm not watching it. And like it's really embarrassing. It was the movie The Grudge that did it for me. Where I was like, oh. nope, I'm fucking done. Because at the time I, I had a this window tinting job where I was constantly just going into strange people's houses to go and tint their windows. <laughs> and it was always like these big, you know, very like opulent houses for the most part, because I mean, getting your windows tinted in a house is expensive as shit. Mm. <laughs> and so generally, you know, it's going to be a charge of a few thousand dollars to get it done. So I felt like a lot of uh, the houses yeah. I was doing this in were pretty high end. And then I watched The Grudge and it's like, Yeah, you just, like, walk into this place, and the ghost is like, fuck you, you're dead, I'm gonna follow you back to your house, (laughs) and I'm gonna do fucked up things to you, like, in your shower and stuff like that. I'm like, I didn't like it, and then the apartment that we were in at the time, there was, like, a dark spot that just kept getting darker on the ceiling right over where I slept.
1: Oh, no. And I
0: was like, I don't like this at all, I don't like these, I don't like waking up at three in the morning thinking about this shit. And three
1: o'clock is the
0: witching hour, you know that, right? I think that every fucking time I wake up and it's three!
1: (laughs) Me too. When I wake up and I look at my my phone and it says 3 o'clock, I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm not getting out of bed.
0: (laughs) I'm not hanging my feet over the edge until 3.01. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Those monsters down there on
0: iPhone time, I know it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not today, Satan. That's not happening. (laughs) But no, but I get... Be being freaked out by zombie movies i used to be very very freaked out by zombie movies like i couldn't even watch the reboot of um dawn of the dead it freaked me the hell out the commercials alone yeah scared same. the crap out of me yeah
0: the trailers for that were enough i was like nope <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: especially in the movie theater because like i don't know if you ever saw the trailers in the theater for dawn of the dead but you just have the silhouettes of all these people. Looks like they're trying to claw through the actual movie screen. Ugh. Absolutely terrifying. However, I went through a whole desensitization process where I basically watched every zombie film I could find. Every piece of zombie media I could find. Because I'm like, the, that's kind of how my mind works. Is like, if something scares me or I don't understand something, to make myself not scared of it, I need to understand every little aspect of it, and so I will just bombard myself with every sort of media related to this until it's no longer scary.
0: That's super smart.
1: It's worked with some things. I'm now sort of slowly working my way through the supernatural type stuff because the ghosts and the demons and that kind of shit really still freaks me out. But no, that sort of stuff freaks me out too.
0: And then also stories like Texas Chainsaw Massacre freak me out because literally every place that me and Lindsay go hiking look like a place that that could happen. (laughs) (laughs) And so I tend to just not watch that sort of stuff. So that when I'm out in the woods, I start thinking about that.
1: Oh, I get that. Those types of movies, though, like because I like, yes, there's sort of like a nugget of like the truth that they're based on. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of based off of Ed Gein. Um, I love true crime stuff, too, but um so like there's you understand like where the nuggets of truth are kind of coming from but like they're so ridiculous that it's like this could never happen it's not real also though like one of my sisters lives in pennsylvania and sometimes when we're driving through like this sort of like long stretch of road to get to the town that she lives in up in you know bumblefuck mountains (laughs) um we'll see like abandoned houses along the side and then she'll immediately go you know, cannibals probably live there. And I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, poof, blow out. <laughs> like, this is going to be like one of those wrong turn movies or The Hills
0: Have Eyes. Oh, both of those movies scared it's the shit out of me. Fucking
1: Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, both of those movies scared the shit out of me. Is wrong turn the one where they're getting hunted by like the the genetic mutants that are like super strong?
1: Yes, that's the one. Also, the first one has um, Eliza Dushku. And I have a total girl crush on her. She's beautiful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But yeah. And then The Hills Have Eyes is the family's camping in like, I want to say it's some sort of valley, like maybe Death Valley, where like nuclear testing Yes. And like that whole family's like inbred and with with nuclear problems.
0: Yeah. My mom made me watch the original one when I was in high school. She's like, this was so scary. I'm like, you know, I don't like scary movies. You have to watch this. And I'm like, now I'm fucking
1: scarred. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the like the original one from the 70s any sort of 70s horror porn that came out of that era is absolutely terrifying because it's so it's so visceral it feels very very real
0: yeah and that one did that one scared the shit out of me and then you know, the remake came out i was just like no was <laughs> like the original one fucking traumatized me why would i watch a remake
1: yeah no, the the remake actually is less. It's to me, I found it less scary because it was so like polished. Like you could see the CGI in like some of the characters' faces that made them look just even more alien-like. And I'm like, you know, you could have just done this with effects and just made them look a little bit more natural. And I feel like then it would be a little bit scarier. Um, yeah, sometimes the remakes are just too polished, and it kind of takes away the gritty. Realness of the originals.
0: Yeah, special effects are king in movies like that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, CGI feels like an atrocity.
1: It does, because, like, I mean, with good makeup, good prosthetics, like, you don't need the CGI. Like, maybe a little bit of CGI enhancements in certain scenes, but, like, to just go full CGI, it yeah. loses a lot.
0: Hmm. You know, and that seems to be the way that a lot of places are going or a lot of movies go and you look at it. And that's one of the things I'm kind of worried about with this Rings of Power is that, mm. like, I didn't think that all of the CGI in that trailer looked wonky. But definitely for sure the scene where it showed the the waterfall and then the person kind of like jumping and like slamming an ice or like a knife into the yeah. ice, like that looked like something out of a video game. But that yeah. was the only part of the trailer that I thought the CGI looked wonky.
1: Yeah, and I, that that is a big problem with CGI is sort of that that um, that unreal look to it. Um, that does look like something out of a video game. I'm hoping maybe like they kind of clean that up. Like maybe that's just a scene that they put together for the trailer in particular, um, and that maybe that if that scene does happen in the show, they kind of clean it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, if they're really spending, like, a hundred million or something like that an episode, it better fucking yeah, look this, good.
1: This is Jeff Bezos money. Like, he went to space for fun. Like, you can make that guy jumping <laughs> on the ice look a little better. Like,
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. I scrolled past an article on Reddit the other day. said something like, Jeff Bezos wants to live forever. And it's, like, something like he's funding research into, like, you know, like, life-type you know, like science that looks into extending life and stuff, and it's like, oh my god, if we really end up with with some sort of technology like that, and then the world's just full of like immortal, super rich people, like it's gonna get real fucking dark real fast.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, like altered carbon the, yeah. or
0: or that time movie with Justin Timberlake shit. You know.
1: Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's going to be awful if there's just the super rich living forever. Ooh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, because really, then who are they going to exploit for fun? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, oh, the mega millionaires are exploiting the one millionaires like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it really makes you wonder Is is like automation comes more and more advanced every year. Like there's people talking about how at some point in the future there's not even going to be a need for like human like freight truck drivers because it would all be just make more sense for it to be automated. Mm. And what happens at that point when there's wide swaths of the population that now all of a sudden there's no jobs there for? Are you going to introduce something like a a basic living income? Or or whatever that's whatever I know there's an actual term for that. But, I mean, like, I just don't see how society as a head, or society as a whole, moves forward once automation comes in, if all these people with all this money are just sitting on them, like, you know, dragons guarding these big Mm. piles of loot. I love that Neil put that metaphor in my head for billionaires. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, it's really stuck because it's so succinct. They
1: are. Because they're basically sitting like Smaug in their mountain on their big pile of gold.
0: Yeah. And there's just so much money that's just sitting there. To where It's like, it's really not doing anything sitting there. And if you were to just spread it throughout the populace, you know, people would, if people are in want of money, especially to do things like, I mean, shit, even like upkeep on their house and stuff like that, if you give people money, they're going to spend it. It's rare to give yeah. somebody that's like, you know, at the poverty line money and then be like, oh, I'm going to just put it in the bank and sit on it. it's like that's not what they do they're gonna spend it and then sure enough that movie that money's gonna trickle right back up to those fucking billionaires again in the long
1: run yeah Yeah. i mean it's true it's like if, if people did have like a living wage then that sort of like that that food insecurity that a lot of people have could be eliminated and then if you're not worried about like where your next meal is coming from or being able to pay your rent like then maybe you can be able to focus on, you know, um, expanding your education or pursuing the arts, pursuing some sort of passion project. You know, that could really just, that could, you know, or be just a philanthropist or something like it could really just improve society on a whole if you remove those aspects of the insecurity of where your food and housing is coming from.
0: God, imagine what it would be like if you had a society where people were mostly taken care of. They didn't have to spend so much of their time, you know, toiling for somebody else's business. And if more people were free to just chase artistic pursuits and stuff, what would society as a whole be like? I feel like it would. I don't know. I just feel like it would be a much better place. Like, I feel like that's how you take that next step towards the, the way they live in in Star Trek.
1: Yeah. No, you're you're 100% correct. Because like last year when I had lost my job, I was basically living off my savings and some severance for a good portion of last year. And there was a stretch, especially after Steve moved out and I didn't have a job yet. And there was that insecurity of like, if I don't find a job by this date, I need to move out of my apartment. I can't keep my apartment because I won't even be able to eat. Like, and, you know, thankfully I did have that savings built up, but there's a lot of people that don't. Oh yeah. And my savings are gone now. Like my, I have to start, I'm starting from scratch. Um, and like, if, if that insecurity was removed, oh gosh, like, I don't even know like what, what, what someone could do.
0: Yeah. The people who say, oh, money can't buy happiness. It's like, you're obviously very wealthy. Like, I yeah. I can think of how money could solve so many problems for me right now that cause stress. Yes. And, and you know what? I'm ready for that next round of problems that I wouldn't foresee coming.
1: <laughs> Throw it at right? me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, that your car breaking down wouldn't break you. Um, or, you know, you, you talk about the American healthcare system, and it's like, you know, maybe – you're out riding your, your bike or motorcycle or something and you get into a car accident. It's not going to completely break the bank if you have to go to the hospital. I mean, how many people take an Uber to the hospital versus actually calling an ambulance because it's cheaper? Uh, that's like if I had to go to the hospital up. right now, I would Uber. I'm not going to call an ambulance.
0: <laughs> no, I remember that blowing my mind when I found out that if, if an ambulance comes and picks you up, they send you an invoice. Like, you get billed my, for that. And it's like,
1: wow. When my dad had to go to the hospital in in 2020, right before he passed, um, they, my, parent, my mom had to call an ambulance for him. And afterwards, she got a bill. And insurance covered most of it. But the whole... And honestly, the hospital was... You know, you throw a rock really hard and you could have hit the hospital. The whole... Ambulance trip. I want to say was like fifteen hundred dollars, and my mom still had to pay fifty dollars out of pocket. Ugh! Like they they didn't cover that last fucking fifty dollars. Yeah,
0: what is up with that? By the way, too. Like, like how you. fucking yeah. rude is that? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I've long thought that there's a real problem with a lot of the institutions in America that allow allow people to get wealthy off of, like, the sickness, misery, death, and just, you know, the health, health-related health woes of people. Like, how dare you become wealthy off of that? Like, that's so disgusting.
1: It's disgusting, and it's even more disgusting. I was having this conversation with, with Rebecca the other night, in that, you know, you have members of Congress, and their family members have invested into the companies that provide the treatments, for covid like the um like the monoclonal antibodies or some of the other treatments that are coming out that are not the vaccines and so when legislation comes up for more mandates they vote them down because that's going to affect their investments and in their stock portfolio and there's more money in the treatment of diseases like AIDS and cancer than there is in the cure which is why we'll never see it
0: Yeah, and that directly relates to to what I was saying. Like, how dare Mm -hmm. you fucking make millions of dollars off of this terrible thing? Like, it's, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's easy for me to sit back and wax philosophical about it because I've never been in that position where I just need to sign my name to a piece of paper and now all of a sudden I'm going to have a life-changing amount of money. And I'm sure that there is. You know, or not, I'm sure, but it's like, I know that it takes lots of money to research these things and that money doesn't come from nowhere. But there's got to be better systems that can be put in place that don't extort extort the poor for the benefit of the, the already wealthy. It just feels fucking gross. It is gross. And I, I feel like a lot of the problems in America, and you know, it's really sad to fucking say this, but a lot of the problems in America can be tied directly back to greed and racism. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah.
0: That's I mean, that's what the country was built on. <laughs> oh my god, you're not wrong.
1: Uh, wow. Yeah, we're, we're taught in school the, uh, the sanitized version that, you know, the pilgrims came here looking for religious freedom, and no, that's not what they came here for. <laughs> it's 100% not what they came here for. <laughs> uh. So it's like, you know, this whole country is built on the lies that we've been taught in school. You know, you don't learn the real history of the racism and the systemic racism of this country. None of that is taught to us in schools. I remember it's like all sanitized an, yeah. and whitewashed.
0: Oh, and, and like I remember reading in textbooks in elementary school, and like the first time reading about this melting pot idea that that's what America is is that people from all over the world and all these different cultures all come here, and America is just this big melting pot where all these different cultures and peoples mix together. And I remember thinking like what, how amazing it's going to be that at some point in the future, like America, because it has people from everywhere, like it's, it could be possible that we would be all kind of one new race. That's like this, like amalgamation of like all these different races. And and what would that look like? And spoiler alert, if you've ever seen mixed babies, they're like (laughs) the most beautiful kids. (laughs) So it's like mother nature likes it when, when people do that. So keep doing it, America. But it's like you just have these, you know, pockets of the country where it's these, I don't know, very backwards ass people who just be like, nah, they'd rather just keep pissing in their own gene pool like it's going to do any- them any fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking yeah, exactly wild. You think
1: of like the portraits of like royals from like back in the day of like the full monarchy in England. And you have like, I don't know the name of this, this monarch, but he has like, a really weird nose, a giant chin, and like it's all because of like the inbreeding. Yeah, and like they're so inbred, and in that they come out looking so fucked up. They only live until they're like fifteen years old <laughs> because of all the health problems. <laughs> like, like we need to, you know, mix and diversify. <laughs> I
0: like the way what Eddie Ezard said in his dress to kill special like, cause it's a bad idea when cousins marry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a bad idea. <laughs> so that's how you get fucking genetic drifters in your family tree. You don't want that.
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spread out and mingle oh. them genes, people. <laughs>
1: Have to. You absolutely have to.
0: Man, I I I don't know. I've I've spent a lot of time trying to wrap my mind around it, and I've still just never been able to figure out racism. I just don't fucking get it. It's so weird. I really don't
1: either. Like it's,
0: it's, Do you think it's just team mentality just taken to like the ultimate level?
1: I really don't know. Like I have I have really tried to like try to educate myself like i'm on the side of tiktok where there's a lot of black creators who are sharing you know black history especially because last month was black history month and they are sharing the not the the really ugly parts of the history of this country and slavery and the things that were done to to black people in this country and just to know that there are people who still believe that like because your skin is a different color, like you're not a real person. I like, I don't get, I don't get that. I really don't. That you're not, you don't count as a full human. None of that makes sense to me. It's gotta
0: be the, the, our team, their team mentality, because it's like when people get to that point, that's what, and they see this us versus them type mentality. Mm. It's easy to dehumanize them because it makes it easier to hate them. And so it's gotta that's just true. be that it's gotta be that team mentality just gone to like an incredibly unhealthy level. You know what's, yeah. what's funny I is just, it's like usually if you take somebody that's from that and like really immerse them around a lots of different people. Like I've, t- I remember, I remember taking friends of mine that were like, I don't know, fairly racist in high school and like taking them down to Iowa city and, like, going to, like, a bar where we'd go and listen to, like, house DJs and stuff like that. And then looking at him and be like, "Do you spent, like, 30 minutes having a deep conversation with a black dude who was dressed like a naughty angel. <laughs> <laughs> like, was he cool to talk to? He was very cool. Like, then why do you still say racist shit? Like, didn't that just open your fucking eyes? Like, I, I thoroughly did not understand it. And but yeah, yeah, I don't know. People are fucking weird, man. It's, and I think especially so if you grow up very isolated in a small little corner of the world. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with the sort of bullshit that parents download into their kids' fucking minds too.
1: Oh, very much. Very, very much. Um, like we, like, yeah, we grew up in New York, which is like, has literally everyone from everywhere. Um, But we also kind of grew up very isolated in a way, in that, you know, our family was involved in a very conservative, fundamentalist Christian religion, and so we were isolated in that aspect. But then also, my mom's parents, that who we lived with, they came over right after World War II, so there was like an isolation of culture. Um, You know, they didn't speak English when they first came here. And they instilled a lot of fear in my mom, who in turn instilled a lot of fear into us. A fear of traveling and a fear of like, almost like being recognized of or a fear of just talking, like having too many people know where you are, you know? Um, like my mom didn't get on a plane until she was in her 50s for the very first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, thankfully, like my dad didn't grow up with that aspect of it. So he was kind of able to kind of create like a nice balance to that. And at the first time I flew, I was like 16 and I flew with him. But like, yeah, my mom, the, the fear of like the unknown kind of held her prisoner for a very, very long time. The fear and that the fear was can... instilled. Yeah, oh, Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Um <laughs> 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 Yeah, the fear of the unknown was instilled by her parents, which I mean, for good reason, like they literally had to flee Nazis, like their fear came from a real place, but it was also untreated PTSD and trauma that they never spoke of, Um, you know even now, like they're, they, they both passed away in 2007 and I'm still learning like little aspects of their life before they came to the United States. And even when they were here, just some of their struggle and, but it's stuff that they never talked about with us because they never wanted to share their burden. They never wanted to share that aspect of it. But the trauma that they experienced was never addressed. And that's trauma that they passed down to my mom. And that's trauma that she did indeed pass down to us to some degree. It's less. And the majority of us have been through some sort of therapy. Thank God for therapy. <laughs> so it's helped. Honestly, everyone should be in therapy.
0: <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Um, I haven't, I haven't gone myself, but I mean, I went to a psychologist when I was a kid. It didn't go very well. Um, but I can absolutely <laughs> see the benefits of, of therapy. And Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I um, I don't know if it was those experiences when I I was a kid, but because I've definitely gone through periods of depression. But I feel like I've I've always been fortunate in that you know I've I've kind of had people around. Like when I've been at my low parts or low points in my life in like recent history, like I've kind of been able to lean on my wife. A bit, you know, whether whether it would have been smarter to go to the therapist or not it remains to be seen. But you know, she was she was there for me, and and I know that you know not everybody has that, or or even I'm not saying that you should <laughs> treat your wife like a like, download all your shit on them. But I mean, <clears throat> suffice to say, I'm doing a terrible job explaining my position here. Suffice to say, I think therapy is a very positive thing that should be normalized, and it and it shouldn't be something that. That people look at like with with mistrust or anything like that. I think it's a very valuable tool because it's the easiest person in the world to lie to is yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and yeah, You're such
1: a stigma
0: on it. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, what what you were saying earlier about the fear of the unknown that can be an incredibly paralyzing fear because it's you know it's 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 built upon by past experience and it's fed by your imagination and. Mm -hmm. and the human imagination can be a very very powerful thing and so fear of the unknown can be something absolutely crippling and i can't even imagine going through something like that you know to to be persecuted and have to flee for your lives and then go someplace where you're surrounded by people you don't know and just live in fear that oh my god this you know if it happened once before it could happen again and yep oh just uh um you'd mentioned earlier about the the, like the, the super conservative religious thing. Um, what was that, if you don't mind me asking?
1: I, um. Yeah, we grew up Jehovah's Witnesses. So how long did you do and that? So,
0: and then what was the exit from that like?
1: Oh, gosh. I was born in, um, and I left – I actually left when I was about 35, so not even all that long ago. Um, and the exit to that was – Rough. Um, is because your mom, it is a is very your mom still insular. It? She is. Okay. How did she take you leaving? Oh, <laughs> there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of tears. Um, oh, like I'm if so I could go back go through that, I mean, it's better. Like, honestly, my relationship with my mom is in a much better place now. Like, like we still, like we, we literally talk every day. Um, so like, like there's a part of me that like, I wish I could go back and do it differently the things some of the things I said or how I conducted myself like I would the people that I hurt on the way out I would definitely want to go back and take that back um that's understandable but it was almost like it was almost a necessary phoenix like rebirth in which I had to burn certain parts of my life and myself to then Reemerge as the person that I am now and the person that I feel like I have always been meant to be.
0: Well, good Um, for you.
1: You know, I've embraced the fact that, like, you know, my sexuality is complicated and I'm not not 100% straight and I can finally accept that at at this point in my life. And, you know, that's something that I wouldn't have been able to do in that religion. Um, It's a very... Conservative lifestyle. That's my. Name.
0: What a time for the Harley, who... dude, to be showing off. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about your sexuality, and it's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a guy.
1: There's I don't like need block. to be, mean to make like, light
0: during a serious moment of conversation, no, I, but that was just too perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, thank you for the special effects, bro. I like, right? appreciate oh, that. <laughs> I mean, there's things that I would change. Um, but leaving is not something that I would change. It was definitely, there's core beliefs there that I don't hold anymore. Um, there's just, you know, teachings that I don't agree with. And I mean, the religion itself led to some religious trauma and PTSD. Um, you know, the, the witnesses have a belief in, in an Armageddon like event. Um, in which this system that is controlled by Satan and his demons will end in a fiery battle. And learning that as a child led to many, many nightmares of some sort of apocalypse event that I would not survive.
0: Oh, yeah, that is and a heavy And that's like one of the things to... that I've
1: been unpacking.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, what a heavy concept to drop on a child.
1: It's It's very... It's very heavy. Like I feel like I was a very serious child because, to us, it was like this life or death with with our preaching work, and you know we have to we are we are out there preaching because we are saving people's lives because the end could come at any at any moment, and so it was this constant state of like awareness and readiness that, you know, tomorrow we may we may wake up and. It's full battle between God and the demons and, you know, for a child that is, (laughs) that is heavy shit. Very heavy
0: and very (laughs) scary
1: too. Very scary. I had many nightmares. I still have nightmares sometimes of, um, some sort of apocalypse level event or, you know, sometimes I have to like retrain my brain too. Like, you know, you hear about like, like, you know, the invasion of Russia, invading ukraine and you're like oh this could spark world war three and what if this is it like what if this is armageddon and and it's
0: oh i've been worried about that ever since that article came (laughs) out that that putin put his nuclear deterrent forces on high alert and it's like are you fucking serious what a lunatic Mm -hmm. what an absolute madman that and in in 2021 i can't believe that in full view of the entire world they can boldface fucking lie about what's going on and like, just invade this sovereign country, committing all these war crimes along the way. And the entire world is watching all this fucking shit on the internet. And it's and it's and yeah. we're just like, okay, this is this is what's happening. And it's like, I and, and with Russia saying like, you don't get to join NATO, or we're going to attack. And then they attack anyway. And it's like, you don't, you better not join NATO, or or we're going to shoot nukes at everybody. And it's like, dude, you are. I I don't know that just the insanity in in Vladimir Putin right now is it has me very concerned, and especially as a father with with two boys. I mean, I have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old that are going to have to sign up for this fucking bullshit selective service when they turn 18. I don't fucking like the thought of that at all. I didn't like it when I had to do it, and I don't like the thought that my boys are going to have to do it because I didn't want to, and I don't want them to have to go off and fight in some fucked up politician's war that... I, it just, I fucking, I I just can't believe that in this day and age, war is still something that fucking happens when we're all connected via the internet and we can see it. And we're fucking, as a people, generally smart enough to see past a lot of the bullshit propaganda. And it's still fucking going on. It's, it's one of those things I constantly have to stop myself from doom scrolling through because it does. It scares the fucking shit out of me in a very real Armageddon type way.
1: Oh, yeah. I have been doom scrolling. I mean, this is probably why I'm not really sleeping lately. But like, I have been doom scrolling, I think for the last two weeks. It's Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and just constantly scrolling and seeing the images coming out and the pleas for help. And, you know, just it's, it's awful.
0: That Ukrainian president Zelensky, every world leader should aspire to. To be a leader like that. A leader that when he came into the position, people laughed him off like, oh, this former comedian actor is now a president. And look what he's doing. That is the quintessential example of somebody that the call to leadership was there and they answered it spectacularly. Even if Russia kills him, that guy is going to be a fucking martyr, which I don't want to see happen, especially after seeing pictures of him with his family. With the kid yeah, like they all had no. their faces painted up and it was just a happy family picture and it like it made me tear up the thought that just because some fucking asshole in Russia has his finger on the button and has all these people cowed that he can send all these fucking teenage boys off to a war that they didn't even know they were going to fight in. All these people are losing oh their gosh, lives yeah. as a result and it's oh, it just it makes me so upset. Very, very upset. That, you know, that's no, the it does. state of it's, the world. No, awful. Oh, I really, really feel for all those all those families in Ukraine and all those people and what they're going through. It's just, it's too much for me to comprehend, you know? Yeah. And it just, it makes me feel like in this day and age, it's something that shouldn't be happening, that the world shouldn't fucking allow it to happen. And it's like, God damn. <laughs> No, it
1: shouldn't be allowed to happen. It really shouldn't. And the fact that Putin has been talking about invading Ukraine since, like, 2007, 2008, like, and that he's done it now. Like, first off, like, why now? But then also, like, he's he's been telegraphing this move for quite a long time. Like, you knew this was coming at some point. Yeah, without a doubt. And, ugh.
0: It makes me so upset. But also, it's like I'm staunchly anti-war, so it's like I'm not in the camp of, you know, all America needs to get involved. It's like, that's not what I'm saying at all. But No, no. I don't know. Like, I think the sanctions are a very smart thing, but I also feel like that's backing a rat into a corner. And, you know, you don't back an animal into a corner. That's when they're most dangerous. And if. And if all of a sudden all these people in Russia are feeling like the entire world is against them, why wouldn't they lash out with fucking nuclear weapons? It's fucking horrifying. The only thing we can hope for is that their nuclear arsenal is in as shit shape as these fucking tanks that the Ukraine people keep fucking capturing.
1: Have you seen some of the footage of how fucking
0: shitty these things are?
1: I'm just loving the videos of like Ukrainian teenagers uploading tutorials to TikTok on how to restart the abandoned Russian <laughs> tanks and take them on joy rides. What a world. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, you know, Putin is sending these children, literally, they're like 17 years old, constructed into the army, and they're forced to go and fight. And they are just immediately like entering Ukraine and surrendering because this is not what they signed up for. But you know, they're being sent with rations that are like seven years expired, their tanks are running out of gas, they're falling apart, like he's like he's he's prepared for this, but he's also not prepared for this. Like I don't I don't really know what the end game is.
0: Yeah. Well, and when you're that sort of ruler that has to rule through fear and intimidation, do you really think that the people under you are telling you a hundred percent of the truth a hundred percent of the time? <laughs> Fuck no. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's not surprising at all that, you know, their their army is in just this absolute state of, you know, disrepair and uh, it's, uh, fuck, I, I really hope that cooler heads can prevail in this or, God's even terrible to say out loud, <laughs> or something happens that just fucking removes crazy person from the equation and that, oh, that maybe yeah. that's like, the I'm path that, that allows...
1: <laughs> I'm in that camp, but you know what, sometimes some people, and I'm, you know, NSA, if you're listening, this is all jokes, um, uh, you know, sometimes some people just need to go bye-bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a, sometimes a nine millimeter solution to the problem works.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> um,
0: ugh.
1: But yeah, it's terrifying. I've been doom scrolling, trying to actually take a little social media break from just constantly scrolling and working myself up into a tizzy because then my anxiety spikes and then I don't sleep. And
0: ah, uh, oh, you know the a that is cycle. you need what? to look up videos of Chinese zoos with the keepers that have to tend to the pens with the baby pandas. <laughs> They are the best. (laughs) Those videos are so, like, you can't help but, like, smile the entire time you're watching them. They're such little rascals. They just get into so much mischief. (laughs) And these poor caretakers are just in this pen trying to just sweep up leaves and put them in a basket. And these, like, baby pandas are just like, absolutely not. (laughs) This is not going to happen. I'm going to hold on to your leg the entire time. So you're going to have to take steps with a baby panda attached to you. I'm going to try and while my brother tries to crawl in the basket, <laughs> we're going to try and take the broom from you. And it's, I mean, it's literally pandemonium. And it is like the best, most like, heartwarming thing on the internet. And it's always my go-to that if I'm like having like a really stressed out time and it's like, you know what would be better right now? watching some videos of baby pandas making their caretakers lives
1: misery <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> but i do like the asmr videos that are like um i don't know if you've come like the across these like the people who like whispering and stuff like that i don't like the whispering and i don't like the chewing the chewing oh chewing fuck i that. hate that. Uh, i hate it <laughs> now But I'm going the people to eat who this like bag of lays uh no crunch, the, crunch, the crunch crunch <laughs> <laughs> I hate the whispering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> know the whispering creeps me the fuck out. Like, get the fuck out. If you're whispering into a mic, you need to fuck off right quick.
1: <laughs> yes. That's it. And now, just, I'm going to lightly tap my nail. Like, no. no <laughs> I'm no. going to lightly tap um, my nail. <laughs> that's what they all do. They're, like, they're either like brushing like a makeup brush over the mic, or they're tapping their nails on on a board or something. Um or just looks like, whispering. Or just, like, the mouth sounds. Oh, I hate mouth sounds. Not, so not they're, the a fan. they're the worst. They're uh, the worst. But no, the ones who do, like, um, it's called, like, clay cracking. In which they take the soft clay yes. and they'll paint it in, like, several layers of nail polish. And then once it's all hardened and dried, and then it makes this satisfying cracking sound. <sighs> That's the best. <laughs> well, that's kinda like with silly that putty. Or the
0: soap cutting. If you can make silly yeah. putty make those cracking sounds. That was like the first thing I thought of. Uh,
1: it's that's my favorite is the clay cracking, the soap cutting, or like the soap curls, and they get all dry and crunchy and then they crunch the curls. <laughs> oh, that's relaxing. <laughs> I like the videos with the my, big uh, hydraulic press, Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I like the. Oh, those are so good. Yeah, too. The, the videos with the big hydraulic press smashing things. Those are fantastic. Uh,
1: oh my gosh, especially when they're like little clay figures and they all just kind of like squish out the sides. Yes! <laughs>
0: like they just like <laughs> spaghettify <laughs> out the holes in the top.
1: Uh, oh, yes! <laughs>
0: uh, oh, yes. The, the-, the hydraulic
1: pressing ones are so great. The,
0: the oddly satisfying subreddit is a really fun one to peruse. Mm. It's got all sorts of great stuff like that.
1: My favorite subreddit is, um, am I the asshole forum?
0: Oh, yes. Some of those people are so clueless. It's like you wrote this and you thumb typed this entire thing out and you were, did not realize the entire time that you were a gigantic asshole.
1: Oh, perfect example. I read this one earlier. This woman asked if she's the asshole for like tearing into her sister-in-law for not inviting her brother to the wedding. The brother being the woman's husband who was writing this this story. Was
0: this the one where it's because the brother was in a wheelchair?
1: No. Oh like, that God would have made The, the sister-in-law <laughs> the asshole. No, the brother, in the wife's words, is, he's a prankster and a jokester. And him and his sister have not had a good relationship their whole life because he pulls, quote unquote, pranks. The last prank that he pulled was at her engagement party in which he told her that her fiancé got into a car accident. What the fuck? Like, and that's not a prank. That's not a joke. No. When you joke about someone getting hurt. And so she doesn't want him at the wedding because she's like, he's ruined every sort of major event in my life and i don't want him there and the wife is all like oh she's just too sensitive and this is who he is he's a jokester he's a prankster every last comment was um you and your husband are assholes and he's a bully <laughs> like no wonder she doesn't want him at her wedding he's a terrible person and it's like and she wrote this whole thing and never once said wow what he did was really shitty never once said that jeez like little self-reflection is all is needed sometimes. Well, and also like
0: but yeah. There's just certain things where it's like if it's somebody's wedding, that is all about them. And if you're knowingly mm-hmm. inviting somebody who needs to make everything about them so they can be some sort of spotlight, then yeah, you're totally within your rights to be like, I don't want that person here. Every time they've been around, oh. they've displayed this behavior. I don't want this behavior on my special day. Get the fuck out of here. Like Absolutely. The whole day you're gonna be
1: worrying about what they're gonna do or what they're gonna say or what sort of joke quote unquote they're going to pull. Yeah. And I hate I hate pranks. I hate those types of jokes. Agreed. Same here. Oh. Sometimes I see those videos of like husband and wife pranks, and it's like it's like the two of you are just really bullying bullying each other. I know. It's like I'm not into that shit at all.
0: I don't think it's funny. Like I just I just can't get down with it. God, I remember, I think it was maybe my 15th, 14th or 15th birthday. I had like a sleepover with a bunch of friends, but I'd gotten up at the like pre-dawn hours with my dad to go duck hunting that morning. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, I could not stay up late. And like, I woke up at one point with like, they were like fucking with me while I was sleeping. And it like made me so mad because it was like, it was my fucking party at my house. And you fucking Mm -hmm. cocksuckers are going to fuck with me and like try and put like hot chinese mustard in my mouth when i'm sleeping or like spray paint my or like put hairspray in my hair and shit like that i fucking woke up swinging swinging trying yeah. to fucking it like these are like my best friends and it's like i'm gonna fucking murder every one of you fucking cocksuckers i can't believe you would do this to me on my special fucking day <laughs> <laughs> and i think i went and locked myself in my room and shut the door and it's like i don't want anybody fucking coming near me again for the rest of the night fuck all of them
1: yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah,
0: so yeah, I don't like pranks. <laughs> not the fucking. I I'm not the person like to that. pull a prank on. Like, I'm probably not going to be good natured about it. I don't know. You have to catch me on a special fucking day.
1: Yeah, and honestly, like, I can admit that. Like, growing up, I kind of was that asshole who would like hide behind a corner and like scare somebody. Um, I I would especially do that to Rebecca because she she just. She has a great scream. Well, that's just that was good-natured scared. fun. <laughs> that's just good-natured fun. But, like, it even got to the point where it's, like, like it really, really bothered her, and I didn't stop. And it's, like, yes, we've grown out of that now, but, you know, we're, we're both adults. And so, but, like, like, as a kid, like, that's kind of, like, the shit that you pull as a kid, a teenager, when you don't understand limits or someone's boundaries, and, like, you don't have respect for the fact that the person is just really, really uncomfortable. When you're a grown ass adult still doing that, you're you're just now an asshole. You're just an asshole. That's right. Because when you're
0: a kid, it's like, that's part of that experience of learning boundaries Mm -hmm. and and learning that, you know, hey, just because this is a hoot for you, (laughs) it doesn't mean they're (laughs) having a good time. Like, I I remember the first time that that was kind of brought to light for me, like, that like fucking with somebody... That I thought it was all in a good natured time for them. Like it wasn't fun for them at all. For them, they felt like it was straight up harassment and they were very hurt by it. And I remember like finding that out and just being crushed inside that like, oh my God, you made them, you made them feel like shit for the way that you were acting. And I felt so deeply ashamed. And then it was like from then on, it was like, all right, I don't, I don't do that. I don't. And so that's why I'm not like the bust balls type of humor guy because I feel like. I'm not good at it. <laughs> like, it come, yeah. like, it doesn't come across as good nature. It comes across like, I'm trying to say things to you that are going to put you in therapy. It, and it's yeah. like, and I, that's the last thing I want to do. Like the thought of like really hurting somebody's feelings. Like it, it makes me feel horrible. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be the cause of somebody else having a bad day. You know, like the exactly, thought of that, just yeah. like the thought of that makes me feel like sick inside.
1: Yeah, and like, I love a good sarcastic joke. But like, my sarcasm, I know in the past has gone to the point where I have hurt people. And like, I've made people cry. And I have had to learn to just not say the first smart ass thing that comes to my head, because generally, it's gonna be hurtful. And I I have really had to rein that in and just filter at least... You know, seventy-five percent of what I want to say because, like, I think it's going to be funny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it also is going to come across really, really hurtful. And I'm just like, mm. it's like I have to stop and think, what's my intention here? Like, I find it funny, but I also know that this person is kind of sensitive about this thing, so maybe don't say the thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I laugh the hardest at like really dark, fucked up comedy. Like especially if it's like taboo type stuff, I will laugh at that really really hard. But that is not everybody's cup of tea, and so it's like I have to remind myself. It's like no, you don't bust balls that way because you could just say something way too fucking dark and it's gonna hurt somebody's feelings. (laughs) And like exactly, I I hundred percent don't want to do that. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know. Some I don't know. Sometimes like I think the best way to get past like dark and taboo things like that is to drag it into the light in a way that you can kind of laugh at it. And, yeah. And and sometimes that's the the best way, but the best medicine, but man, all depends on your audience and the, that size of that audience.
1: <laughs> it really does. Like you kind of have to read the room and kind of maybe throw a few pebbles out there of some fucked up shit and if they laugh, it's like all right, you know what, maybe I could share a little bit more. But if they're like, <laughs> wow, that was dark. I'm like, okay, maybe
0: we don't vibe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I remember <laughs> in high school, I got some bit part in in the play Auntie May. Auntie Mabe, maybe? I don't know. Some music. And it wasn't a musical. It was a play. But I just had some little bit part. It's like a stagehand or something like that. And like the, the drama... Like, teacher or whatever wasn't in the room, and people were ad libbing. And so, when I ad libbed my character, I went way too hard in the paint, and people were fucking horrified. oh my god because it was like my character had to have like a southern accent or something so of course i threw something in about some cuz like going home and fucking your cousin joke and people i remember like one girl like gasped i was like (gasps) i was like oh Oh, no no. this was not (laughs) these theater nerds are not ready for this (laughs) these theater nerds did not grow up listening to dice clay oh no
1: well that's like this bit that um Mike Birbiglia does, where he says, what I should have said was nothing. nothing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he, I love that. He talks that. about this interaction with a woman. He was moving into an apartment building and um, he was moving his bed in and the woman held the door for him. And she said, like, oh, I, I held the door for you because I kind of trust you because I, I don't think a rapist would have a bed like that. And he says, What I should have said was nothing. (laughs) But what I said was, You never know. (laughs)
0: Uh, Mike Birbiglia is funny as hell. (laughs) That's such a good joke. (laughs) What I should have said was nothing. (laughs) nothing. (laughs) And he
1: talks about the waves of, Oh no, washing over him. And I have felt that where I say something and it's just like, oh, no, I should what I should have said was nothing.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Th- that could be like a like a overlying like theme for my life. What I should have said <laughs> was nothing. <laughs> as I've gotten older, like, believe it or not, as verbose as I am, I have learned the value of silence.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: uh. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Gosh, I think what was the one One that embarrassed the shit out of me? I was at my friend's very Catholic wedding and I was in line waiting for to get a, a beer from the keg and they had just tapped it. And like, so they filled up my cup and it was like all foam. And I like turned around and the priest was like right next to me. And right there, I was in line for the keg. It should have been a big fucking clue to me. This guy's in line for the keg too. And I turned around and said something about like, Oh, yeah, father, I guess you never know what it's like to feel the pain of a cup full of foam, huh? <laughs> and I turn around, and then he's filling a cup full of foam. And I'm like, fucking, <laughs> the, the Irish Catholic drunken priest, that's like a fucking meme, you idiot. You literally just said to this guy, you don't think, like a comment, like, oh, you can't drink, right? No, he just can't marry and have sex, you fucking idiot. <laughs> God damn. Fucking nearly 20 years later, I'm still fucking mortified by it. <laughs> and oh. What I should have said was nothing. I should have just turned nothing. around like Padre and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: let me tell you my moment that lives in my brain <laughs> that
0: revisits me. <laughs> you think about right of as you're I falling asleep said, or, or when you're in oh, the shower, yeah. it just creeps unbidden into your mind.
1: <laughs> I bring this up. As my most embarrassing story all the time. (laughs) And like, I didn't grow up Catholic. So like, I never really, you know, I I didn't experience Ash Wednesday at one of my first jobs. And this was really my first interaction with people who had different religions. I walk into my boss's office and it was Ash Wednesday. And I go to give him a letter and I go, Oh, Paul, Paul, You have a little smudgy right there. And he looks at me and goes, Janine, it's Ash Wednesday. And the waves of, oh, no, (laughs) wash over me. And I said, I'm so sorry. Like, I I didn't grow up Catholic. I I didn't know. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what day it was. We had a good laugh about it later. But, like, I still, every once in a while, I'm sitting there, especially, you know, Ash Wednesday just passed. And yep. immediately, I just think of Paul <laughs> and telling him that he's got a smudgy on his forehead when I go in to bring him a letter to sign.
0: <laughs> you got a little, uh, in nomine patre on your forehead there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I even made the gesture with my thumb, like, oh, you got a little smudgy right there.
0: <laughs> it's curious. It's in the shape of a weird little cross. <laughs> I had a similar experience with that. I was working in a deli at Econo Foods at the time, like the the deli section of this supermarket, and uh, people were coming in and they all had dots on their heads. And like, I didn't grow up Catholic. I mean, I I didn't really grow up religious at all. Like, my kids or my my family sent me and my sister to like Sunday school with like some other kids, and so I kind of knew the Bible and stuff from that. But like, my family was not a we go to church on Sunday family. In, in fact, my dad's kind of a little bit derisive of, um,
1: if that's the right word,
0: I'm pretty deep into the vodka right now, but he's, sounds, he's
1: pretty, right. uh, dem- what's that? It sounds right. Why not?
0: Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, he's, he's pretty much like, like God <laughs> like mentality with it, you know? And so it's like, I, you know, I didn't grow up religious, like at all. And, uh. So I remember the first time seeing that, I was like, I had no fucking clue what it was. And somebody had to explain to me what Ash Wednesday was. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. They get a little smudge of Ash on their shape of a cross on their forehead. I'm like, and then they walk around like that all day? That's fucking weird. (laughs) Oh well (laughs) I mean, I I I suppose they're not like, you know, beating people down with their religion. So, you know, if if it's a religious activity (laughs) that doesn't involve beating other people down, then generally I'll let you, you know, I'll be like, okay, that's cool. You do that.
1: Exactly. You know, the, the ashes on your forehead is not hurting anybody else. So go exactly. for
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know. Like I, I think there are times when I talk about religion on the show where I come off as like somebody who's like anti-religion and I'm certainly not anti-religion by any means, but I'm definitely anti like religion being twisted into something that is purely just like either a tool of control or something that's used to, you know, make other people, you know, like feel shitty about themselves and, or, you know, oppress. Like, I don't like religion being used as a tool of oppression, like that sort of stuff, like kind of makes me mad. But like, when I think about like the religion, the way that like my grandmother is religious, I think that's a really beautiful and empowering experience. And, more power to those people but if you're like religious to the point where you're like holding up signs outside of a Planned Parenthood like get a running start and go fuck yourself
1: oh gosh yeah like, like
0: your, um, your religion has turned into something grotesque
1: it has you know and that's when it's like you know scriptures get twisted and they're used then to, to prove your own point and like I'm like I'm now somewhere kind of squarely in the camp of like kind of like that border of agnostic atheist and um so like my motto pretty much is the leftover army motto of just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that is that is the motto I try to follow going through life now. And um that's that's my that's my core belief is don't be a dick.
0: <laughs> no, that that's right there with me. Mine is like a like a very do no harm type motto. Don't be a dick, do yeah. no harm. Just try to Take no
1: shit, but do <clears throat> no harm.
0: Yeah, like try to Try to leave the world in a, a better place than you found it. Like, uh, like, yeah, like with human interaction and stuff like that. I, I think that kindness is one of those things that costs absolutely nothing, and it just reaps all these tremendous rewards. To where it's like if you just go into an experience with somebody and just try and be positive and have a smile on your face from the get go. You get a better chance of it going favorably than starting off being all full of piss and vinegar, because it's it's mm-hmm. like negativity is like this like ball of hot tar, like someone can toss it to you and it's going to get your hands all fucked up. Even if you throw it away, it's like, you still got this residue of this on you. And I feel like negativity is that same way to where if you start off negative, that other person, there's a greater chance that negativity is going to like influence their reaction to you. And they're going to come back negative as well. And then now you're going to be going fucking nowhere.
1: (laughs) Cause like, Like, no, you're you're exactly correct.
0: I know I throw people off on the phone all the time because it seems like in this day and age, nobody wants to talk on the phone. And so I always think it's a real treat when I have to call people like at work because I'm always like, hi, this is Joe. with so and so. How are you doing today? hope you're having a great day. Yeah, I wanted to follow (laughs) up with this. And they're just like, (sighs) like, I can just feel them (laughs) thinking it's heavy. And I'm just like, yes, I'm going to kill you with kindness. (laughs) Cause you can't complain that the guy at the register was too nice to you. <laughs> exactly.
1: And I am getting to the point in my life though, where like between like emails, textings and I am like, I'm, I'm so sick of typing what I want to say. Like just fucking pick up the phone and call me like, let's, let's hash this out. We can, we can. And like, I have a real issue with like telling the, the tone from a text. Where I tend to sort of project what I think the person is feeling, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, I'm completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like if I can if I can hear the tone of your voice, and that's honestly that's honestly me because I I'm full of anxiety, I'm an overthinker, and I forever walk through life thinking that everyone's just mad at me. And oh my gosh, just we live on the same me. wavelength, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: you just described me. <laughs>
1: I feel so seen. I, I, literally, I literally feel like everyone just barely tolerates me in their life. Yes. And, um, and hates me. And they are just so sick of me.
0: Yes. Um, I always feel like I'm starting off with, okay, I know I'm annoying you right now. So I'm just going right. to try and be very succinct in this text message. And I'm going to use some emojis to let you know that, hey, it's cool. Look, that, that little smiley face has got sunglasses on and he's cool.
1: Like, I'm going to end this really heavy sentence with an LOL so you know that I'm not super serious <laughs> <You know? laughs> but oh my, like, gosh my I really is, feel like, that I just want someone <laughs> to pick up the phone and tell me so I can hear your voice so that I know that you're not mad <laughs> at me
0: <laughs> oh my gosh I totally relate to all that so much <laughs>
1: like sometimes my landlord leaves me a note at the bottom of the stairs and i'm just like oh my landlord hates me but then i see him later and i respond to the note and he's like oh yeah no i just wanted to know and it's like it's totally fine but like i see the note and i'm just like oh he's gonna evict me like (laughs) 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 i immediately go there (laughs) he wants me out of his house
0: (laughs) that's that fear of the unknown creeping back in no it's
1: fine the fear of the unknown. Like I've lived here for, gosh, almost four and a half years at this point. Like he's not kicking me out tomorrow if he hasn't kicked me out already. <laughs> so like, it's <laughs> fine. I have to remind myself, Janine, it's fine. Not everyone's angry at you. Not everybody hates you. And it's fine if they hate you. It's okay.
0: <laughs> God, that fear of the unknown used to kill me all the time the most when I used to rock climb. Because it would, like, it would be mm-hmm. my turn to go. And so I'd be like sitting down at the base of the route. You know, tying into the rope, changing into my climbing shoes and just racked with anxiety, not of what if I fall? Oh, I'm scared to fall. It's no, it's it's I'm scared to fail. I'm going into the unknown. I don't know how this is going to go. And so then it would be like, I liked climbing really, really easy stuff that I knew for a fact. I knew exactly how it was going to go. I was going to start at the bottom and I was going to have a very cruiser crusher time going all the way to the top. (laughs) No anxiety, because I knew it was so low below. It was like the difficulty range was so well within my means that I wasn't going to experience anything unknown on the way up there. And that was always the thing that tripped me out the most was this fear of the unknown. And it would always manifest as like this like ball of anxiety that would live right in my gut.
1: And yeah, oh, but I honestly. It. The people who deal with anxiety are the people who tend to re-watch the same shows and movies over and over again because there is comfort in that familiarity. There's no surprise. There's nothing new. There's nothing scary. You know how this movie's going to play out. You know how the show is going to play out. And it's that people who deal with anxiety do tend to just re-watch the same shows over and over. That's why we have our comfort shows, our comfort movies. Is you can turn it on, you know exactly how it's going to end. There's no surprise. There's nothing new, and it calms that ball of anxiety in your in your in your stomach.
0: You just blew my mind. Like like you just explained <laughs> something in words that I viscerally knew and understood, but I'd never like verbalized before. And it's a hundred percent true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Like, the amount of, like, MCU phase one movies where it'll be like, I'll watch this again. It's like, that's 100% the reason.
1: (laughs) It is, because you know exactly how it's going to play out. You know there's no surprises, there's nothing new. And it just calms your anxiety, because nothing can hurt me right now, because everything's familiar. That's incredible. (laughs) That's so I mean, smart. it's why I've rewatched New Girl five times. That's why I rewatched Friends. It's why I rewatched Seinfeld a million times. <laughs> Nothing new. It, it it doesn't scare. It's not scary.
0: <laughs> oh, Lindsay and I lived on Friends back in our apartment days.
1: Oh my gosh, I love Friends.
0: It's yeah. It's, I know it has as well. It's
1: problematic, but I love it. I love Chandler. Chandler, I think, is my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> and new girl like honestly like if i found someone who was exactly like nick miller like yes he is basically oster the grouch in human form but (laughs) (laughs) i think that that is 100% my type (laughs) i don't think i've ever seen (laughs) it as an old man (gasps) you have to watch it what's it on um i think it's on netflix
0: oh okay is it like a netflix original or did it originate somewhere else
1: no, it was originally on Fox years ago. Um, I think there's maybe there's somewhere between five and seven seasons in total. Half hour. Zoe Deschanel is the main character, um, and then okay. like she moves to yeah she li- she's in L.A. as a school teacher. Um, she breaks up with her boyfriend and she ends up renting a loft with three guys. And it's basically their adventures of getting to know each other, but then also, like, them also just becoming a family. And um, I fucking love New Girl. I think the (laughs) the humor on that is just really well written. Some episodes are just, like, you're literally, like, nearly peeing yourself with laughter. (laughs) It's really good.
0: That is a good bar for comedy.
1: Yes. It's like, did I almost pee? Yes. You'll love it. Oh, that's
0: too funny. Um, I I end up like kind of semi watching lots of stuff that my wife watches where it's like, you know, she'll watch the whole thing and I'll end up seeing like, I don't know, a good 65% of it. Just because, you know, I'm in the room when, when a lot of it's going down. And so, like, one of the ones right. <laughs> that I've been seeing a lot of recently is the show Dollface on Hulu. And that's pretty fun.
1: Oh, I haven't, I don't even, I haven't heard of it.
0: That has, um, oh, what is her name? She plays Darcy in the MCU.
1: Oh, um, Kat Dennings?
0: Yes, she's the main character in it. And that's a really fun show. Um. It's oh. like post-breakup, and while she was in this time, it's hilarious that I haven't watched this show and I can tell you this much about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like post-breakup, and she was with this guy, and when she was in this long-term relationship with him, she kind of, like, ditched all of her fr- kind of ghosted all of her friends for an extended period mm. of time. And then after the relationship happens, she kind of rekindles this, you know, friendship with her, her friends, and then them kind of all going through life is like, these, you know, four young ladies. And it is, it's a really entertaining show. And there's, like, a, a large amount of, like, imagination thrown into it, too. Like, Kat Dennings keeps mm. getting advice from this lady whose head is, like, a cat. <laughs> it's, its It sounds weird, but the first time you see it in the show, you're like, what? And then by, like, a few episodes in, you're like, oh, it's the cat lady. She's back to give her good and helpful <laughs> advice. You know, it, I don't know. It's a fun show. And for for one that I only watch, you know, like, barely, like, it's like I'm not really watching it. It's like I'm supposed to be, like, writing or, you know, I'm reading a comic book or something like that, and it's on. And, like, I suffer from this problem to where if there's a TV on, I eventually get sucked into it and start watching it, even if it is just for, like, minutes (laughs) at a time. But then it's like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm not watching this. I'm trying to read. And then I go back to my thing that I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs)
1: Oh, I do that too. Like, but honestly, it's reversed. Like I try to watch something and then I get sucked into like scrolling through TikTok, especially. And like, before I know it, I have to rewind like 20 minutes of the show that I was trying to watch because I have no idea what happened.
0: Yeah. No, uh, Brian has kind of mentioned that on PCL, that that's one of the things that he prefers to see a movie in the theaters is because he feels like if he watches it at home, there's so many more opportunities for distraction. And and I feel like I'm just the like oh if there's a screen I'm going to focus on it (laughs) type mentality. No, it's
1: true. If I if I go to the theater, like I am forced to focus on the one giant screen because having my phone out is really rude and it's (laughs) too bright for everyone else around. Social convention forces me to keep it in my bag. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a great point. Like because honestly, I'm at home. I'll throw on a movie especially if i've seen it before of course um and then it's like i just immediately pick up my phone and i'm scrolling facebook i'm scrolling instagram i'm posting stupid memes and or dad jokes and before i know it like (laughs) half the movie's over and i'm like i have no idea what happened
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i definitely do find myself doing that um what was it earlier yeah, after work today, uh Lindsay had started watching The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. And so she was she's like 6 or 7 episodes in, she's like you've got to watch this, it's so good. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about people, you know, whose opinions I really trust that it's a really great show. And so I watched the first two episodes with her. And there was a couple parts in the second episode where I found myself reaching for my phone and then I was like, "No, stop. <laughs> she was probably, You're supposed to be watching this." <laughs>
1: It's true. Like honestly, like it it's like a real addiction to have my phone in my hand at all times.
0: It's really bad. You know how you solve that? You watch the TV show on your phone.
1: (laughs) Oh God. But honestly then you never like, what's on Facebook?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is I just um between two days this week I, I devoted two evenings to the show Reacher on Amazon Prime. And so I watched, like, the first half of it one, one night, and then the next night I watched all the rest of it. And I exclusively watched it on my phone. And there were moments where it would be, like, a slow part in an episode, and I'd be, like, my brain's, like, telling me to, like, open Reddit, scroll through. And it's, like, you can't. You're already using the yeah. Reddit machine to watch this TV show.
1: It's true. Like, sometimes, like, especially at work, like, I'll I'll put YouTube on my phone and I'll watch – I like watching – um. Reruns of the the People's Court on YouTube. It's oh, nice. My thing. <laughs> and I'll just have like episodes playing while I'm trying to work. But then like it's on my phone, and then I'm like, oh, what's on Facebook? And then I'm like, no, I have to scroll away from this if I do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, People's Court, that had a real banger of like a theme song. <gasps> da
1: and I love the voiceovers. <laughs> He's been charged with stiffing a crook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things to watch.
0: <laughs> he claims the plaintiff's dog is shitting in his yard. <laughs> ba dum
1: bum. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's literally every episode <laughs> uh.
0: it is so much of it is just like basic shit where it's like how did you oh. people end up in court over this
1: like what the exactly you couldn't have like reached a little bit of an agreement to just be like hey here's the money i owe you <laughs> like let's let's just let's just squash this like oh my god
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i years ago I had a job where uh, lunch break, they would turn on a TV and the only channel that came in very well was like Channel 7 or something. And it was always Judge Joe Brown on at the time that we were taking our lunch break. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so we'd always be watching. I remember this one dude I worked with when he went off. He's like, he's like, I really ought to call that number. And just like promise, like, you put me on that show, I'll get Buck Wild up in that courtroom. I know you want the rating. <laughs> <laughs> Buck well, Wild.
1: There was, like, there was back in the day a Judge Judy case that turned out to be like three friends got together and filed a fake lawsuit just so they could get on the show. <laughs> and it involved someone claiming that someone threw the roommate's cat at their laptop and like broke the laptop <laughs> Like a, it was very specifically involved a cat and a laptop and they agreed like basically whoever won because the show pays you like whatever you win um well, it's not like the plaintiff or the defendant has to pay out something it's the show pays like your winnings and they were just gonna split the money <laughs> Yeah, that's what they did. <laughs> and now they have all have find, an IMDb like, the credit. That talks about it. And now, <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> it. That's why I'm like, I'm convinced that like the majority of those cases are fake because, like, oh right, they they just have to be like like some of the people who file these lawsuits, they just cannot be this obtuse. And I mean, maybe they are, but. I just feel like in real life, like you just you can't be this person. You just you just can't.
0: <laughs> You'd be surprised,
1: right? I, mean, <laughs> I know, right? Uh
0: <laughs> well, if there's anything the last two years have taught us, is that people are shockingly stupid on purpose. <laughs> you know
1: what? You got a point. <laughs> <laughs> the last two years have proved a lot of people's latent stupidity. <laughs> Uh, this
0: has been the best time talking with you tonight. I so appreciate you taking time to come on.
1: I had a blast. This was fantastic. Thank you for having me.
0: You are very welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we meandered through some wild tangents.
0: <laughs> of course. And we even had some really serious talk in there, too. So, uh, it, did. it was good. Yeah. Uh, is Is there anything you want to plug or promote or anything like that?
1: Um, I mean, I show up on on the Leftover Army Monsters podcasts occasionally. Um, you can follow me on Instagram where I'm stupidly funny with sharing bad jokes and memes. I'm a Chubba Bun, <laughs> C H U B V A underscore B U N N. Awesome. Uh, Instagram, I think, is where I'm funniest. Uh, I'm also on TikTok, that I'm Purple Thunder 1081.
0: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've resisted. I've successfully resisted the TikTok. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lindsay's on it though, so I'll have to tell her about Purple Thunder.
1: <laughs> it's such a time suck. It's purple underscore thunder 1081. Excellent. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, well,
0: thank you so much for coming on and thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast.